when they were sharing the Passover feast with the apostles. Um, it, um, I think I sent it to Chris last Sunday, and it was, it was like three files on it, Martin. Chris and Brent. But if we don't have that, that's not, not a big deal. We can move on without that. Um, but anyway, today I'm going to be talking about, uh, I'm, I used uh, Brother Kaufman and also Brother Mazzalago's information there. And um, so I'll get started, and if they find that, that's not a, that's not a major uh, issue there at all. Um, we're going to do a brief review of the events from the past few chapters. Um, that some of the incidents that happened are the washing of the apostles' feet that occurred in John 13. Uh, the, the traitor was revealed, that would be in Judas Iscariot, that was also in John 13. And uh, the, the, there, was prof, there was a prophecy concerning Jesus' death and resurrection in uh, John 13 and 14. Then there's the promise of the Holy Spirit, uh, John 14, the encouraged to be fruitful, John 15, commanded love of each other, uh, John 15 last week, and then committed them to service in uh, John 15. So with that uh, review, we'll get started on John 16. And um, we'll start reading the first few verses. You can follow along in your Bible. These things I have spoken to you so that you may be kept from stumbling. And that's talking about spiritual stumbling, not physical, of course. They will make you outcasts from the synagogue, but an hour is coming for everyone who... who everyone who kills you to think that he is offering service to God. Uh, chapter 16, just cont as we said, continues the dialogue from 15, where Jesus is explaining the work of the Holy Spirit. And this alludes back to chapter 14 also, where we uh, talked uh, a couple of chapters ago about that. The things that are referred to in verse 1, these refer to the bear bearing fruit, loving each other, preserving Jesus' ministry, the world, how the world would reject the apostles and reject the gospel and not recognize them, persecute them, disobey the word because they rejected Jesus and the Father who sent him. You know, up until now, uh, Jesus had been the one that the spotlight was on. But it's going to be very soon when the apostles are spreading the word after the, at, at Pentecost and afterward, that the spotlight's going to be on the apostles and Jesus is about to tell them about the, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to be coming to uh, guide them into all truth and to do lots of other things to, uh, and that the apostles will be the spotlight and they'll be coming after them, the uh, men will. Jesus reveals how brutal their suffering will be. They'll be rejected by countrymen, 
their own countrymen thrown out of the synagogues, cut off from their families and their communities. And we saw back in John uh, 9, I think Brother Paul uh, did this lesson, how the apostles had seen the blind man uh, expelled from the temple. So Jesus is kind of giving them, you know, a heads up on how all this is going to happen to them also. Um, being expelled from the temple back in those days were, was a very serious thing because it was more, just as much a social outcast as it was a religious outcast. Um, their employment might be suffered because of it. It would be like having a mark on your uh, resume or something that you didn't want people to know about that you were thrown out of a temple you would be kind of considered to be almost a pagan. So this was a, a bad thing there. Um, they'll be persecuted and martyred. Um, and the bad thing about their martyrdom is it won't be, it will be especially hard because they won't be hailed as heroes, but they're simply eradicating opponents of Judaism. And, of course, Judaism was the main religion at that time, other than pagan-type religions. And they would, the, uh, uh, the, the Jews would consider it good riddance, getting rid of them. So Jesus is kind of trying to let them know that this is the way it's going to be. And, you know, he spoke very prophetically because all the apostles, with the exception of John, either through uh, tradition or through biblical um, scripture, all of them were martyred. So, you know, it started off with Stephen in Acts 7, and then uh, Saul, later Paul, he persecuted Christians and was persecuted himself. And then the Roman Empire was against Christianity as well as uh, Judaism itself. Uh, the book of Acts shows us uh, all the, you know, all the persecutions that the apostles had to go through and the Christians and also the whole book of Revelation was written to these first century Christians, latter, day, latter part of the first day, uh, century Christians because they were being persecuted and to give them comfort from the Roman Empire. So... Uh, We'll move on to verse 3. Uh, these things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. But these things I have spoken to you so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them of you. These things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. Uh, Jesus, if you'll remember, said on the cross, forgive them, they know not what they do. And then he would be, and he he would be uh, rejected. Uh, he knew that the apostles couldn't absorb all the things that he was saying to them because it was just really too deep information there. And when the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, came, they would understand it a lot better. And also, he hadn't uh, died yet which they call Brother Monsalago and, uh, and others, we, we call that the passion. So the passion had not happened yet. 
So they just really didn't understand a lot of the things that Jesus was saying here. Um, John 3.19 says that when the light came into the world, they loved darkness rather than light. Um, and that's mainly, the darkness is talking about ignorance there. So we see that, uh, you know, many men rejected Christ and they still do. Um, so Jesus is giving the warning that all these things will happen. Uh, he's telling them in advance that they, so they won't stumble. Of course, we know that the apostles, okay, we got our PowerPoint up there now. Thank y'all. Uh, we're in verse, okay. Uh, so we're right there. Appreciate that, guys. Um, Jesus knows that if they want, uh, knows that if he warns them in advance, that they'll be better equipped to face these trials and the tribulations. He does know that they will stumble prior to his death, and they did stumble. Um, <clears throat> the apostles, most of them, uh, forsook Jesus. Um, uh, Peter uh, denied Jesus three times and Judas Iscariot of course was um, uh, he, he uh, betrayed Jesus and so you know they proved their humanity there um, their martyrdom will be especially difficult we've kind of already gone over this uh, and that uh According to Revelation 2.10, if we're faithful, un faithful unto death, that is including death, then we will receive a crown of life. So, you know, Jesus is letting these apostles know that there's very difficult times that are going to be coming for them. Um, Brother Mazzalago pointed out that there was uh, four promises that were talked about in chapter 16. The first one is the Holy Spirit is coming. And the condition of his coming is that Jesus must ascend back to heaven. And it was sent to the apostles in Acts chapter 2 and then to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. So um, the these apostles received the Holy Spirit on, um, on the day of Pentecost. And so without Jesus going back to the Father, that was not going to happen. So that's the first promise. Then we go to uh, verse 5 through 7. But now I'm going, going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Um, again, we're saying that without Jesus going back to heaven, the Holy Spirit would not come to the apostles. And, of course, they're very sad because Jesus is going back, ascending back to the Father. But uh, Jesus is telling them that he is uh, leaving, leaving them and they simply can't grasp this concept. 
And you know, I guess we have to put ourselves in their place. How would we, uh, you know, grasp that also when he was talking about a Holy Spirit coming and all of that, and that he was going to be leaving, and I guess they didn't maybe really understand that he was going to be crucified and why and all that. You know, even though they had all these Old Testament scriptures, I guess being human, they didn't quite understand all of that. And um, so uh, they didn't realize that the Holy Spirit is going to do several things, like help the apostles write the New Testament, and that would be the entire New Testament, because at this time none of it had been written, even the Gospels. And they would be able to perform miracles, and uh, allow them to spread the gospel to the entire world. You know, uh, Paul went through so many different things that would have, um, you know, done done a lot of people's faith in, like shipwrecks and that sort of thing, and uh, being scourged and stoned and uh, all of these kind of things that uh, would have caused a, lot, caused a lot of people to just throw in the towel. But with the Holy Spirit's help, they stayed, you know, they stayed true to the gospel and, and, uh, and carried it out. Anybody has any questions or comments? Just stop me. Their faith was so enhanced when Jesus had been, you know, died, buried, and resurrected, and they saw the risen Lord, and, and uh, you know, their faith just so grew. I mean, look, look at Peter. I mean, he went from denying Christ three times to, you know, helping, helping start the church on Pentecost there. So it, it was a necessary thing, but, but Jesus was still with them, uh, even though he wasn't with them, with the Holy Spirit, because, you know, the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, and all of them are, the, the Trinity is one in, in thinking there. So, um, it, as Sam says, it was, a, it, was, it was a necessary thing, and it had to happen. Uh, the Spirit's work, we kind of discussed that a little bit. Uh, but another thing that the Spirit would do was be convict men of sin. And that is cut their hearts and with the sword of the Spirit, which is Ephesians six seventeen, And it would show that there was no way to the Father except through the Son. Uh, you know, there's so many ways that people think that you can get to God from, through and you know, Buddhism and Islam and all of these other so-called religions. But the only way to the Father is through Jesus. And, um, 
it would prove that in uh, when the Holy Spirit came. Um, and, I, and of course, he would have to depart for this to happen. So uh, the first promise there is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so moving on to verse 8 through 11, and he, talking about the Holy Spirit, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Those three things. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. So we're talking about three things that the uh, Spirit will do there. Um, The um, ruler of this world in 11, we're talking about Satan. And he has been judged, and that's going to be through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. He's going to be judged uh, to, to have been, you know, uh, tried to destroy the world. But Jesus is going to destroy the, the serpent, or Jesus is going to destroy the devil. So it would help, the Spirit would help them remember his teachings help them remain in fellowship with God and Jesus, even though they were not present uh, with, with them, that the Spirit was in, present with them. And Jesus will have already descended to heaven. And it would convict or find fault with, with men of their sins so that they will want to repent and help them establish and grow the church and teach them, the Christians, to observe all things until Jesus returns, you know. That's in Matthew 28, or 28, the last few verses there, when it talks about the Great Commission. So all of these things the Holy Spirit will do to the, uh, for the apostles during their uh, ministry. So, again, the three things that we're talking about here that uh, the Spirit will convict the world in three different areas of sin. It'll show that the world is guilty of the sin of disbelief. That's the, <clears throat> that's the first thing that the sin that they will be. Uh, because so many did not believe Jesus, who was who he was when he came. And by spreading the gospel to the world, the Spirit will prove that the world has been ignorant and must believe and obey Christ in order to be saved. Uh, Acts 17.30 says, God once winked at ignorance, but now commands all men to repent. You know, that's talking about in, the, in prior times, uh, maybe, you know, there were a lot of things that were kind of tolerated or allowed, but not anymore. I mean, ignorance is not going to be an excuse. It's not going to be an excuse on Judgment Day. Um, it's going to be our responsibility to get the gospel out to people, and it's going to be, the, uh, you know, it's going to be a day of reckoning for Judgment Day there. So that's the first thing that it convicts of sin. The next thing is righteousness. The cross is the way of righteousness, and you got to accept it or reject it. There's no neutral ground. Uh, the resurrection proves the cross uh, has power, and men, men, as I said, must accept or reject it. 
and all other religions that have been proven false and will still be proven false either prior to or after the cross. Um, uh, the last thing that the Spirit will convict the world in three different areas will be judgment. The cross binds Satan forever. It proves there will be a judgment day for the sin Satan brought into the world and those that reject Christ will suffer death forever along with Satan. It's not only going to be Satan thrown into the lake of fire, it's going to be all his angels and all those who followed him. Um, and of course, by Christ returning to, to God, he proves that he came from, came from God and that his message was the truth. So, you know, um, there's a lot in some of these verses that we kind of overlook at times, I guess. Um, the promise of the Holy Spirit the first promise another thing is the way the Spirit will work um, the way the Spirit will work is when Christ returns to, to heaven he will uh, as we say convince men that their own way that is man, man's way is evil and must be replaced with the cross of Christ and the only way to God will be through Christ. Otherwise, man will stand in judgment of eternal damnation for rejecting Christ. So, uh, that's... Um, has anybody got any questions? Some of this is kind of heavy stuff in a way. I can imagine what it would have been like to have been an apostle here and all this. That, This was going to open up Christianity or not to not only the Jews but to all nations and allow the Gentiles to be grafted in. Um, and, uh, you know, they had, the Gentiles had been, you know, the Grecians, even we're, that's, that, we're Gentiles. Uh, they, had, uh, they had worshipped all kinds of idols. And we see from uh, Acts 17 all the idols that they were uh, worshiping in Athens there and, and uh, you know it's, it's, it's all the nations except, except for Israel they had uh, you know some of them had been uh, you know a law unto themselves you know uh, that had not taken up all of these things but you know uh, for the most part the Gentiles were not godly people and Jesus was going to allow a way for them to be grafted in. And this was from the foundation of the world, of course, that this was going to happen. 
And uh, as Sam says, this was, um, this was a way that everybody could come to the Lord and that uh, we would all have a chance for forgiveness or opportunity for forgiveness. So uh, very good point there, Sam. Right. Right. They came to Jesus by night. Um, Nicodemus was was okay. I'm thinking he was doing, he was a Jew though, wasn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, Cornelius. Yes, chapter ten of Acts. There. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point there. Yeah, that's uh, where, where we said a little bit earlier. It's in Acts 10. You know, um, the, uh, the sheet came down from, from heaven that had all the unclean animals on it, and it was a vision for Peter to, to uh, you know, to, to visit. The, uh, I forgot, I've already lost lost the name myself but anyway that's when the when the uh, Gentiles received the Holy Holy Ghost there um, moving on to verse 12 Jesus I, I have had I have many more things to say to you but you cannot bear them now Jesus knows that they cannot understand all the things until he has died, been resurrection, resurrected and ascended to his Father, and apostles can't bear them when the Spirit has shown them the big picture of salvation in Jesus' eternal plan. Um, he knew that they currently were under the law of Moses, and all of them, all their teachings were both new and difficult for them to understand until Jesus had completed his mission. The ideas of, of no longer having circumcision or daily sacrifices and that sort of thing, it was just too much for them to bear at this time. And as we said, we've said before, it will just take their completely, uh, we'll talk about a little bit later on, the dark sayings of Jesus. In other words, um, things that they just could not understand, and um, and that they will start. It'll it'll come clear to them when he has uh, died and resurrected. So uh, anyway, that'll probably be next week before we would get to that. But um, that is the um, what what we're talking about there. Uh, verse 13, but when he, the spirit of, God, of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Uh, the Holy Spirit spoken of here is to the apostles, not to the Christians in general. They were the ones who were going to be writing the New Testament working the miracles and starting the church through the organization of elders and deacons, not those who were not apostles. Uh, you'll remember in John 14 when you know Thaddeus asked Jesus in verse 22, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Well, Jesus was trying to tell him and the other apostles there 
that he's going to impart this gift unto them for special works in the first part of the, uh, in, in the New Testament up until the end of the Gospels. Um, the, the apostles will, process, will do several uh, things that other people are not going to be able to do. They will prophesy about the second coming of Jesus. They'll prophesy about the destruction of the world. Uh, what heaven would be like in Revelation, John will see it. And they will just, in general, work miracles and by getting out of prison and, you know, that sort of thing, that uh, miraculous earthquakes occurring. All of these kind of things are going to be happening throughout the remainder of the New Testament from Acts on, and um, including writing all these books and epistles. So this is what he's talking about here. He will disclose it to you what is to come. Um, and of course he's talking about the unity of the Godhead. The Spirit doesn't speak independently but through the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's the, the Trinity. Um, so these are the things that are meant here. And um, contrary to what a lot of people are thinking it's not the Spirit coming down on everyone to, to uh, allow everyone to do miracles and allow everybody, everybody to write you know, books of the Bible and that sort of thing because this was to a set group of people back then. The difference is that we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit now to guide our lives into... Uh, uh, the way we should live it's kind of a um, inward uh, compass or inward conscious that you have that's been trained by the, by the word of God but we not, we're not allowed to, to do miracles or to write biblical books or that sort of thing so this is a very difficult uh, situation to grasp by a lot of people nowadays. And, um, other than the Holy Spirit coming in on the ones that were scattered from the day of Pentecost and other than the tornadoes, all the other gifts was they were laying home of the apostles' hands. Right. They were the only ones alive to do that. That's right, Brother Nathan. It, it if they passed it along to other people, and then when they died out, that was going to be the end of it. Because the purpose of all these miracles is we see in John chapter 20, toward the last of the book, was to make you believe, or for you to believe in Christ. It was not to just say, well, I can work a miracle. And, and things. I saw something kind of funny the other day. I don't know if I should even bring this up, but it said, have you ever noticed that the miracle, that the uh, faith healer was wearing glasses? And you know, well, I don't know, that's kind of a... And it's like, well, you know, if, if they can work miracles, why they didn't have any vision problems, you know? And they can't say it's because they don't have faith because um, if they're preaching, they think they have faith anyway, don't they? But anyway... That's, uh, I digress there. But anyway, the, the, this is a very 
a difficult thing for a lot of people to grasp right here. And, um, I, you know, we believe in the providence of God. God can do anything. If God wants to, um, if God wants to heal someone of a very serious disease, and I was talking to someone the other day, and they were talking about how they had a friend who was in stage four cancer, and uh, they had finished all their chemo and all their treatments, and it was the doctor said, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty well done my thing here. I don't know if I can, this person's going to live or not. And a few months later, this person was supposedly, you know, okay and uh, in remission. And that's just something that the, the good Lord decided to do through his providence. It, you know, it wasn't a miracle. Um, you know, Paul... It's not a Bible miracle for sure. Uh, Paul, uh, I, I, I wished I had written it down before I got up here and talked about it, but there was a, uh, there was a person that Paul was talking about in one of his epistles that was, that was ill, and he was hoping that he would get better, and he had been very ill. And if... If, um, you know, there could have been a miracle done to save that person, but it wasn't done. And just to show you that miracles weren't done just, you know, any time anybody wanted to, even in the, even in the New Testament. So, um, I don't know. I might, might need to leave this right where it is. But this is a very difficult thing to get across to a lot of people. But um, it's, um, you know, Bible miracles and providence of God, two different things all together. Um, verse 14, he will glorify me and he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. Uh, Jesus will be glorified through the preaching of the word and the miracles and power exercised through, through the apostles. And full disclosure of, of both Jesus and the Father will be given through the Holy Spirit. This will show that the Holy Trinity is indeed united as one. Verse 15. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said this, said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. This verse proves that the works of the Holy Spirit are now different. And uh, we just talked about that. Uh, talked about how the perfect law of liberty, James 1.25, the perfect law of liberty. It's already uh, been com completed, the New Testament. And there's not, ne there's not nece necessity for all of these miracles to happen now. Um, and as I said, that does not mean that divine providence doesn't happen, as in the case of the person who is no longer has cancer or is in remission, that they had given up for dead, but that's not a Bible miracle. Uh, that's, uh, that's just providence of God. So I'll, I'll stop right there. We'll pick up. Um, I'll just uh, say that uh, the next thing we'll talk about 
is the imminence of his passion is the next promise. So we'll start on that next Sunday. Um, we'll try to finish up this lesson next Sunday. But uh, appreciate your comment, comments and your questions. And hope everybody has a good Lord's Day.